Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. My name is Shay Kamrichka, and this is Two Temples, the podcast providing a platform for guests to talk about their psychedelic experiences. We discuss how these experiences have helped us learn lessons and overcome personal issues. My goal is to help end the stigma surrounding psychedelics. You can help by sharing this podcast with your friends and on social media. I believe we can undo the decades of lies about psychedelics and expose their healing potential by sharing story after story until the truth is undeniable. Today's guest is Joey from Pennsylvania. We had a chill conversation about life-changing mushroom experiences that helped him quit heroin and become a much more peaceful person. He also explains how his addiction started and what helped him stay clean. DMT, mycology, and psychedelics in religion are a few of the other topics we discuss. If you have a comment or anything you'd like to share on the podcast, please email me at twotemplespodcast at gmail.com. You can also contact me through the Facebook page and Instagram. Two Temples is now on most podcast platforms, so make sure to show some love on whatever app you're listening on. Thanks and enjoy. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, how's it going? How's it going? Not bad. Just had a hoop, and I'm good to go. Finally, have the house to myself. Nice. How you doing? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm relaxing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nice, just relaxing Sunday. Just taking it easy today. I uh, I'm even taking a break from football today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or yeah? Sunday, I'm not. First Sunday, I'm not watching football in a very long time, but my uh, my team causes me so much anxiety that I just <laughs> I come to find out like you know I should just like not watch football today because I just can't handle any more stress in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I I don't really pay attention to uh, sports. Is everything kind of still on right now? Or? Yeah, uh, which is crazy. Uh, like, and I'm big in the fantasy football. And, okay. Yeah, uh, I saw that Facebook have, like, post today. Yeah, and like I have like I tie I tie a, a good bit of money into it, and um, it's just frustrating because this year it's been crazy with certain players testing positive for COVID, so they can't play, and then it's just it, it ruins like my team, and it's just <laughs> it's yeah. really frustrating. Yeah. But, yeah. Are so, they uh, have they had any athletes that like have had it bad, like that it really affected or? Well, that's like players will apparently test positive, but like they don't die or anything, you know. Yeah, like, imagine they they would have but they, a good immune system. They have a bit that, and they have access to like top medical care that normal yeah. people don't. Yeah. <laughs> what else have you been up to today? Just waiting for me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just uh, wait for uh, just waiting for your call to come by. I uh, I went out and uh. I got I got went out and got like one of those Instapot things, um, and because like I started into uh, a hobby into mycology lately, and uh, so in my living conditions, like the way like the, my living setup, the way that that I got going on right now, isn't like the best setup for me to just like ha- take my really nice big pressure cooker and use it on top of the stove for mycology purposes. <laughs> Okay. Like it'd be like a hard time explaining that to who I live with. So So what uh what do you need the pressure cooker for? Uh like for like sterilization purposes, um like for uh, growing my own mushrooms. Right. Okay, um, I just didn't know that yeah, you needed a pressure cooker for that. Or is it just yeah, like a way to do it? It it's one of many ways to do it, yeah. but um it which is one thing like being new to like mycology it's crazy like how important sterilization is for something that can also 
grow on cow shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's odd. It's, eh? it, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, but for some reason, like when you do it in your in your bedroom, it's like a whole different environment than than growing out in cow dung. Yeah, I mean, this it's the same sort of thing with weed in a sense too, like like having them infested with you know spider mites and stuff it's like how doesn't that happen right willy-nilly you know in in nature but i guess it probably does Um, yeah so and you just got dmt recently too uh yeah i uh which is weird because i haven't i had dmt one other time when i was young i was probably 16 or 17 how old are you i didn't now I am 29. Okay. Um, and my first time using it, like I, YouTube wasn't as big then, you know, <laughs> and it, it didn't have like as much content as as right now. Because like I'm sure if I looked up like how to smoke DMT, like there's just somebody on there teaching me how to smoke DMT. Well, oh, yeah. step by step. So like, right. So like I remember trying to look on the internet back then, like on myself. But it was this was like one of like the the flip phones, you know, <laughs> so yeah. with a crap, crappy internet that like has like really, really tiny, small screen, like yeah, barely up and down. Yeah, so like I was scrolling the internet trying to figure out how to use it, and like I just, I, I burnt it all. Like mm-hmm. it all, I like nothing happened. Like it was just, oh really? It was disappointing. Yeah, it was. It was disappointing. Needless to say, because like I just, it just didn't do it right. Yeah. Well, this time I I did it right. <laughs> yeah, did you break it, through or? I didn't like fully break through, but like I definitely felt like the effects of the. You got to you know? like, I just yeah. didn't. I, yeah, I just didn't have enough. Like by the time I got it down, you know, yeah. like on how to actually use it right, like I didn't have enough to really break through, break through. Yeah, which is it, but. But now I found like a reliable source, so you know, the, there's going to be bright features that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, did you use a like a bulb pipe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that's kind of got a learning curve. I feel like I haven't gotten it down yet. I feel like my vape pen works a lot better. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I haven't had like a the, uh, a chance to try like those uh, vape DMT cartridges that i've been hearing so much about <laughs> yeah they sound I wanna, good i, I haven't yeah, had I one either um, mine's just uh like one of those yo candy ball plus like just uh <laughs> it's for shatter but you you can just like throw some dmt in there and haul on it and it works really good i got the like smaller version because it the coils don't heat up as much like the, the temperature's lower so like okay. i feel like the bigger one might burn it more but this one works yeah. awesome. It works really good. I, I literally just uh, my yo can I just had it a yo can evolve plus and it just it just busted last week. The, oh really? I had <laughs> yeah. I had Bro. I had nice. I was so mad because I had it. I just packed like a nice fat hit of co- sugar, uh, live sugar concentrate in there, and I put it in my pocket and then like I start walking to my car and my leg is like burning and i'm like what and like my battery just it wouldn't shut off it was like but the bite wasn't stuck either but it was just on like and it wouldn't out shut off <laughs> yeah so that's what terrifies like, me man. about all that kind of stuff 
like it's just sitting in your pocket just waiting to blow up it seems like you always hear <laughs> like cell phones blowing up on the charger and yeah vape pens blowing up that's scary especially something you hold up to your face like yeah. right exactly <laughs> i so i got i was like man so i was all pissed off because like i don't I'm out and about a lot and I work a lot. So like it's, it's impossible to me to just carry around my dad bringing a blowtorch, you know, well, <laughs> like, I just can't carry <laughs> Right. Well, I just can't like go to work with like my rig and torch. Like, yeah. hey, you know, I'm not, no, I'm not even supposed to be uh, consuming cannabis on your property, but here I am. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I find these like little, uh, I get disposable, disposable vape pens. Like PHC ones, and they're really good. I like it a lot better than like bringing my one hitter to work and then like trying not to sting. You know? like, these pens yeah. are awesome. Yeah, here at the Pennsylvania dispensaries, they sell like uh, 250 milligram disposable uh, vape pens, but it's like such a waste of money how much it costs for that <laughs> well, to me to just like buy an actual cartridge or a gram of concentrate. So, what that's a you said a quarter of a gram? Is that what that is? Yeah, that's it. It's it's two hundred fifty milligrams a quarter of a gram. That that's the only disposable uh like pens. Yeah, yeah this one's a gram. The so yeah. It, like it lasts. Yeah, if I if I was able to get a disposable gram, that'd be awesome. <laughs> like that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, they're really nice. Um so do you have any of those? Uh, DMT experiences you want to talk about? Anything um, about yeah, like it. It wasn't anything like too crazy. Um, I it was more or less like really. It, it was almost like a like a weird light, like a, I'm not acid trip, but like everything like formed together and like. It took we like it's so hard to describe. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. to, everything like formed together and everything just like turned red. Everything always turned red, which I didn't understand. <laughs> but it was like my vision. It was like kind of how looking through, uh, uh, like you know those uh those clear old time uh photography cameras that would have like a blue screen or a red screen or like a yellow. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure, <laughs> but it's like a, a red. It was almost like a red film was like over my eyes, almost. You know, oh, like, okay, it's red, and uh, these just like like the walls were just like circling and like forming together almost, and then like and that's why like I started getting excited because like I started feeling like like if I just take another hit, like I'll <laughs> I'll like I'll I'll get there, <laughs> but. By the time like I I was able to get it, like that's all I experienced was was that. So you had your eyes open then. Yeah, <clears throat> for the most part, and then when I closed them is when it got real intense. Yeah. So. Yeah, those was, uh, close eye visuals are awesome. Yeah, and it was almost like <laughs> like I lost like I don't want to say like control of like my head but like i felt like my head like kept like bobbing up and down when like <laughs> my eyes were closed almost as if i was like leaning like like too, too far a certain way you know when i had my okay. eyes closed and it was like warping into this weird just like, geometrical shapes that like i just don't like, 
it's hard to explain. Like it was just like a bunch of weird, colorful shapes that I saw like when I had my eyes closed, and then it was just like that's it. <laughs> it was just did, like shapes forming together. <clears throat> did you find it hard to keep your eyes closed? Um, yeah, I feel like I, I wanted to like keep my eyes open more so closed, but I kept closing my eyes because. I felt it more, it, like, I knew it was more intense when my eyes were closed, but I wanted to keep my eyes open, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> sort of to keep touch with reality? Like, were you sort of hesitant about Maybe, maybe, like, subconsciously, like, I did, I, I was like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, in the back of my head, like, I didn't want to, like, lose grips of this reality too much, but, right. like, you know, keeping like one foot in, one foot out, maybe. Um, were you alone? I was. Yes, I was. Yeah, I'm. I'm a lot less comfortable, like actually reaching that next level. You know, like breaking through by myself, just because, like, I don't know. It, I just feel like something could sort of fuck with my body while I'm gone. You know, <laughs> like it just feels right. weird. Um, yeah, right. I totally get that. Yeah. But if somebody else is like with me, then I can just like lay back and I'm gone. You know, I'm. It's just com comforting having somebody there in case like something does go wrong. Because I did have one trip that did like spook me quite a bit, and it would have been helpful just to like be able to look at somebody. And if like if I heard it's okay, then that would have been all I needed. You know, but I was alone, so it like so now I'm a bit hesitant to um, to do it alone, but I will. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like it sucks because like, right, like where I live now, like I live like I live out in, uh, out in Pennsylvania, and like I'm from like South Jersey, like I'm all the way on the west coast of Pennsylvania, and so all my friends and family are back there, like towards like Philadelphia and South Jersey area. So I'm like okay. so far away, and like I'm just like with my girlfriend, who like we're both recovering heroin addicts, so like she. She didn't want to get back into psychedelics and stuff like that. She thought, like, you know, she can't handle it. She doesn't want to, you know, fall off the wagon, I guess, you know, which I can get because a lot of, because a lot of, yeah, because a lot of, you know, when they got, they just got to remain like 100% sober. They can't just, you know, dabble in here and there. And, Did, uh, do you get the same thing? out of psychedelics though that like you get from the other drugs no it's like a it's a completely different it's like a completely different high entirely but like a lot of times when heroin acts like take psychedelics like they can't handle a lot of like the anxiety from like a lot of come downs like like you know how like you have like bad anxiety when you're coming down off a roll in or acid like it gives you like that weird uh i don't know after tripping that like sometimes isn't like most comfortable like a lot yeah. of times people go relapse after that okay or just or just not like what's happening you know and feel uncomfortable and not be able to handle it and go use but so getting her to like smoke dmt with me wasn't really gonna happen i just started recently being able to um convince her to eat mushrooms with me over the last couple months, like towards the end of summer, she was willing to eat some mushrooms with me and everything's cool. Like, you know, she's not using right now, but, uh, so like dipping her toes in with mushrooms was like, 
you know, we're, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm slowly gaining traction with her being able to take psychedelics with me. Cause like, and it's, and it sucks being able to, um, be, like just being out here all by myself, like not being able to take mushrooms with my buddies or, yeah. or so like, you know, always tripping by yourself isn't always the best, you know, like sometimes like you need a partner with you to, to have these experiences with. And yeah. And to have those like conversations, like, the, right, right. Yeah. Like at, when instead of just being myself, like, like having these conversations with myself, I mean, like, like she's like she'll spend time with me like while I'm tripping and stuff, but it's not the same. Like you're not on the same vibration, you know? Yeah, and... we're in the same boat with that. Like my old lady doesn't trip with me, but she'll smoke DMT once in a while, which is awesome. Like I, and like I understand that she doesn't want to trip on acid and stuff. Like that's eight hours or like six hours yeah. for mushrooms. Um, but like I would like it, <laughs> you know, just to like bond yeah. on that level because we've never we haven't done that in a long time. Not since it was like actually spiritual to me. Just when it was like yeah. recreational, so it'd be nice to like, yeah, bond over it and stuff. But right, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, one like one of the best things I, uh, I'm not gonna say best things, but uh, one crazy thing that these uh, psychedelics can do is like MDMA. Like, um, I had a uh, ended up having like a rolling partner when I was a teenager, and we just rolled together all the time, and like that drug alone like made us so close like it it was it was insane like the bonding that mdma can have between two human souls like to bring them together into like oneness is literally insane and it's really hard to describe if you haven't experienced it but uh seeing all these studies recently between um maps doing mdma studies is uh giving me hope which is nice because you know the the world has been sh real shitty lately so seeing a little glimmer of uh these research uh studies happening is uh, is awesome because i feel like this is the beginning ways to uh change this awful planet <laughs> that yeah. this awful place that we have turned into this planet so how do you think yeah. the best um i guess use of mdma would be uh, in like a therapy session would it be like uh both uh like the the boyfriend and girlfriend or husband and wife or whatever uh taking yeah, the substance I'm... together and then like having a therapy session with the therapist sort of thing after or like what do you think would work best um well it's maybe in about like 10 years or so i would say MDMA in a therapy session. Um, as of like today, if you ask me this question, I would say I think it's best to just like not go into a a guided session and just do it with you and your partner. Only yeah. for the matter that there's not that many doctors out there that fully understand what what this is. You know, that's just plain and simple. Uh, and they're learning themselves, so. It's, it's i just feel like there's a lot uh you're more of like a i don't want to say like like i don't want to trash any mdma doctors out there you know mm -hmm. by any means because like you know you you have to learn somewhere you know right. and you but i just feel like right now the industry is more or less like a testing field on, on seeing like how this is supposed to be done 
you know. Yeah, like, the doctors don't necessarily have the experience to do it yet. Right, exactly. So, and um, for, I mean, you have to start somewhere, though, you know? So, I mean, it is what it is. Unfortunately, these amazing drugs have, have um, been shackled down in chains for all these years. And um, anytime any psychiatrist or doctor has come out and say um, X drug is... Uh, is good and the mainstream drugs are bad, like alcohol or tobacco or whatever, like they've been shunned out of their, out of their field. Anytime any psychologist, psychologist or, or psychiatrist had even given the inclination that psilocybin has all the healing powers and mental benefits that, that it has, their career has ended. <laughs> but, yeah. Or drastically taken a turn to the word. Right, exactly. So, so many doctors for so long have been like so hesitant on giving the truth about, you know, the benefits of, of these medicines. Like, I remember I was listening to, and I forget what podcast it was, but I was listening to um, a podcast uh, from an ex-psychiatrist uh, from uh, one of the VAs over here in the States, and she said she ended up quitting her job uh, because uh, she couldn't stand like turning all these screwed up soldiers like away and not giving them the tools that they that she knows that was able to help them and just seeing them struggle day in and day out and VA not really helping them and because they're strictly told they are not allowed to give like refer any CBD, marijuana, psilocybin, like any type of conversation about that in the VA, like that's a no-no, which is sad, you know, because these substances like can help and benefit these people so much, and these a lot of these psychiatrists like just feel so bad because they can't give them the advice that they know that would be able to help them. Yeah, that that would be hard. I can't imagine like being yeah, in that like situation. This, yeah, this lady, like she said a couple times, there were a couple cases where she would write down um, maps on like a <laughs> sticky note paper and like hand it to, like and hand it to one of the patients or whatever, so they would look into maps, which would like obviously guide them towards you know these psychedelic substances. Um, yeah. I mean, I never really liked calling cannabis a psychedelic substance. I never, <laughs> I never really felt comfortable saying that. Um, just cause I don't, I don't know. I've been a stoner since I've, <laughs> since I've been 13 and I've never, I've never like actually had a psychedelic, I wouldn't call it a psychedelic experience. You know? Yeah. Me neither. But I, I did, uh, when I first started smoking, there was two times that, well, the one time I walked into a garage after smoking weed, and the whole like back wall was just like static. Like it, it looked like when on those old TVs when you didn't have a signal, and it was just that like black and white right. static. And yeah. that happened another time when I was just sitting on a couch after smoking, and I like looked down at the floor, and it was just like staticky. But yeah. that's that's the most that I've ever had. I hear that like the edibles can be pretty psychedelic, but 
I don't know. They don't seem to affect me very much. Yeah. Um, I had that experience at first with edibles when, um, when I get, when I bought them like off the street, because it's so hard to tell like your dosage, you know, like one brownie, like all the THC might be in one brownie in the, in the cook <laughs> in the corner of the tray, you know? Yeah. But, um, getting like, uh, Edibles from out of state, because Pennsylvania, and they, it's a, it's illegal for the dispensaries to sell actual edibles, which is stupid. But, um, yeah. Along with the many stupid laws here, um, but um, it's legal there though. The, like weed is legal. Uh, medical, 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 okay. medical only. Yeah. Which is re- the, like the program's a joke. I mean, it is better than a lot of state programs here um, in the in the states, but it's. It's just a, it's just like like any business when corporations take over, you know. It's yeah. just ridiculously expensive for no reason, and the quality could be better, but like it's just. I don't That's know. how it it's, is all across Canada. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't buy. Well, I shouldn't say this. I don't buy legally. <laughs> well, I mean, like if if I like, let's put it this way: if I was still um, on the east side of pennsylvania or home in jersey like i would not go to a dispensary ever yeah you know because i everybody i know is over there so that's the main reason why i became a patient was because to have easy access because when i went on the when i went on the street i almost relapsed because the dude i was buying butt off of found out i was also an ex-heroin addict so he tried to sell me dope because he ended up being he was a dope dealer as well so I didn't end up buying it and like relapsing, but like that's just one of the issues with like buying black market, you know? Yeah. Well, like, good on you, man. That's like people, people prey on other people's weaknesses just to make a dollar. Yeah. It's a yeah, doggy yeah. dog world. Man. It's, it's <laughs> fucking brutal. I don't like that. And that's why so I that's think like everything should be legal. Really? Right. At least yeah. it'd be a safe place to get stuff without being pushed on you. Right. Yeah. So you're a medical patient then? Yeah, I'm a medical patient. Um, I uh, became uh, a medical patient for um, opiate use disorder. Um, to maintain off of heroin. Um, which uh, I'll backpedal real quick. Uh, I got clean off of heroin. Um, I owe a lot to that to psilocybin. Yeah. Um. I was struggling really hard. Um, I, I uh, got clean. Psilocybin uh, got me off of heroin one time when I was about 19 years old uh, at a music festival. It, um, it, I was struggling. I was in this tent. This dude literally gave me, it was probably like a quarter ounce. I literally ate the whole entire quarter ounce. <laughs> um, and I was just... I had a, a life-changing moment. Like, up until that point, like, I fought people for pleasure, literally. Like, it was uh, I was a disgusting human. I was. Not even going to deny it. Like, I fought people. I mean, I still had a good heart, and I was a good person, but I just, I was really violent, you know? Okay. And, uh, um, and that stopped, like, in one night. Like, in one night. I went, I, I did a complete 180, like I tur- turned into a, a completely different person. Like, really? I, I don't, yeah, like I don't believe in violence, like I tried to
to do what I can. I mean, it has taken a lot of practice for me to get to where I am now. I'm not going to say I'd never gotten a fight like a day after that in my life, <laughs> but it took a lot of practice for me to get to where I'm at. But like in that one single night alone, like this trip, which is, I'm, I don't even know if I'd be able to put in the words, but like, it's basically like I didn't have a soul and I got a breath of fresh air and like a soul was put into my body. <laughs> like really? that is the best way for me to explain this. Like, so how long it, were you on heroin before that experience? Before that experience, I was on heroin for like three years. Okay. And then I, I, that night after I went into, I went into detox, um, like after the festival was clean for about seven months and I wasn't even smoking cannabis at this point. And this is, and that's where I went wrong. Um, just staying 120% abstinence because I was dealing with, I've been a drug addict my whole, I've been a stoner my whole life as well as a drug addict, but um, I didn't start doing hard, hard drugs till about like 17, 16-ish, but uh, cannabis has always been my outlet, you know, um, it's always like breathing fresh air into my lungs, you know, I don't have abuse. I snap really easily. I have anger issues. And cannabis has always given me that time to pause, think, process. And it basically gives me a fuse, you know, um, okay. to see, like, what's worth blowing up over and what's not. Um, and uh, being 100% abstinent um, of all substances, I just didn't know how to deal with these, like, daily stresses and my anger and I ended up relapsing for another several years. Uh, did heroin up until 27 now, like so, because I'm 29, so 27. Um, and I, uh, I always thought, I was like, man, if I could just get my hands on some mushrooms, like, I might be able to find my way back, like, onto the clean side like I still I, I wasn't like a violent asshole anymore I was just <laughs> I, I was just I was just a laid back heroin addict <laughs> <at this laughs> okay. and um yeah so I always thought I was like man if I could just had access to psilocybin um I'd be able to I feel like I'd be able to do this right and then like as soon as like I had the trip like I'll get like st steady still be smoking cannabis and that way i can just maintain and like cause that's no that's where i know i went wrong and uh i couldn't find any like to save my life and um so i went on reddit and i just that's the good thing about now and like it's the age of information if you want to mm -hmm. learn how to do anything you could just figure it out and just look it up um, and that's what i did uh I found out that it was it's a hundred percent legal to ship um mushroom spores uh to all around the United States except for three states. I think it's like California and Georgia and like What? Idaho. California? <laughs> yeah, yeah, surprisingly, Weird. right? Yeah, I know. That's surprising. Um, considering there's like what, two or three <laughs> counties in there that it is legal. Uh or yeah. decriminalized, I should say. Decriminalized, I should say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you can't ship spores there. But 
here in Pennsylvania, you can you can ship spores. So I just researched it, and and you know what? That that's what is really giving me guidance through uh, this pandemic, and uh, really in the beginning, yeah, around like February and April, and when things are still so up in the air and not knowing. Um, this hobby really has like gave me, like let me dig my closet and something and sidetrack my stress and something else. It's really, it's really awesome. <laughs> and do you mean like actually tripping or growing the um, mushrooms? Growing, yeah, growing the mushrooms. That's what I'm uh, talking about. That, that's I hear that a lot with, I mean, growing anything. You know, like growing plants, growing your own cannabis, growing mushrooms, like it's all, I don't know, gives you dopamine because you get, you know, you see progress and each one gets better maybe, you know, and that's awesome. The the crazy thing is, is like when I, I got into cultivating mushrooms because I wanted to trip and I had no source. Well, it turned out to be, I had like several ounces by the time, I ate my first dose. <laughs> like, like, I just had them sitting and I just kept growing more and more and more. And for some reason, I don't, I just couldn't bring it to myself to just eat these mushrooms. And I think a lot of it had to do with because I didn't want to go into this place alone. Like, like, like I said before, like my girlfriend didn't start tripping with me until very recently. So, I think that had a lot to do with it because it's it's you know it's not as fun to go in there by yourself, you know. Yeah. But so I think that's what why I procrastinated so long. But I just thought that was interesting that I got into this hobby so I so I could have a source and I had plenty of ready to go dried several ounces more more than I've ever seen in my life in one place <laughs> like, like in front of my possession and I just like was just letting it sit. Did you have multiple strains? Uh, yeah, at first I just had a bunch of B positives and golden teachers. Um, right now, their most recent batch I had were rusty whites. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't, I don't sell this this, this shit either. <laughs> like, uh, not not too long. Yeah, not too long. Well, I also don't know that many people <laughs> out here. Anyway. Um, but. Not too long ago, I went down. I took about like fifty grams, and um, I I went to downtown uh, Pittsburgh, and um, when I and I talked to a few people, like I I got like saw a few homeless people, and I was talking to them to make sure like <laughs> these people were just like in hard times and like you know they're struggling with addiction or something, and they just needed a boost or whatever. So I t- I saw about like eight people, and I gave them each like. 10 and i told him i was like you know i was like i was like take five for you and five for something else whatever out of this built to like there was this one couple that ended up checking into rehab because of the trip that really um, yeah because of the trip that i gave them. that's now, awesome that must feel good right that's what i'm saying like so it was like a couple weeks later i went down and like i was looking forward to them. i went downtown i was asking around and uh, a couple people told me like, yeah, that the couple they that they went out and uh, check ended up checking into rehab because of, um because of the mushroom trip they had and you know 
that makes me feel somewhat so that makes me feel great you know like the other several people are still homeless and on the streets and you know it might not even be like their their choice you know they might not like they not be might not be suffering from drug addiction that might not be what's keeping them on the street yeah um, but for these two people it was and being able to like given like because i know what it's like to be homeless and it sucks like it is like there's nothing worse than being cold dope sick and you're you just want to be warm and have a meal in your stomach and a, a pillow to lay your head down at night and when you don't have that it's it's rough so like i just try to do what i can so i know like i'm not going to be able to eat all these at all possibly by myself <laughs> like so I didn't, so I was like, when am I going to them all, you know? So I, um, ended up giving them out and, uh, me saying this, it's not like, I don't, I'm not trying to say it's for recognition or anything. I'm just trying to give a perspective of like the power that these substances can hold, you know? Like I knew for a fact that it's gotten me off of heroin twice in my life when other routes like methadone, suboxone, all those routes have failed multiple, multiple times over. Like those, I didn't try to get clean two times in my life. No, I've been to 12 different drug treatment centers and 15 different detoxes, you know, and, and all doing the same thing. Yeah. And the same thing, like, and I'm doing the same thing over and over, like detox me for, for three days to seven days. And, getting suboxone or methadone treatment like just just kept failing over and over and over and over well that's the thing about society right now is like we're in this loop of like half kind of solving problems it's like we're sweeping it under the rug and you know calling it sort of a success like the whole war on drugs was a bust um right like people aren't criminals for putting this for you know putting stuff in their body and sometimes they just need a help up, a helping hand up, you know? And um, when we just have these sort of half solutions where it's just sort of, I don't know, it seems like the pharmaceutical answer to it, where it just sort of numbs the, numbs, you know, the withdrawal and stuff. And yeah. I don't know, it doesn't actually get right to the issue. But mushrooms well, seems to is what I hear. The thing is, is like I also think it's like it's it's an industry. You know, uh, recovery is an industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, like that's uh... the, the the rehabs. <laughs> like like for me alone to go into drug treatment center, like my insurance would probably pay the drug treatment center around thirty to forty five thousand dollars. Like that's just me alone. That's not even including like the the medical detox part, which is the most expensive part. Um, so they want to keep you coming in and out multiple times because you're just like, you're a big dollar sign to these, mm-hmm. to, to these people. And it's, and it's sad because I can't tell you how many times, like I've gone into drug treatment and came out on more drugs, like other drugs, just not street drugs. Like I would, like they would give me fistfuls of fucking SSRIs, like so many antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds that it was literally, it was literally sick. And, and what was the point of those? <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Like, yeah, was right. each like, pill to suppress a different kind of withdrawal yeah, symptom like, or something? No, like, it would, um, like, because I would say, like, like uh, it would be for, like, my depression and my anxiety. Like, I would tell, like, you, you know, like, like, these doctors, like, I'm coming off heroin, like, of course I'm going to have fucking anxiety. Like, <laughs> when I tell you I got a fucking anxiety problem, it's because I'm coming off fucking heroin. Like, I don't need a prescription for my fucking anxiety. Right. But being... But being a drug addict, like, I'm going to take them if you're going to give them to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like when you're detoxing off of a, off of a substance like heroin, like, dude, you don't fucking think straight. You don't start thinking straight until, like, you're three months off of that shit. Like, straight up. Like, that, really? that's facts. Like, that's science. Um, <clears throat> but, it's, but it, so, like, you have all these doctors like sitting in front of you like I'm sick like and I take I take these doctors words for what they have to say and like like they're right or something I mean it took me a while to realize like when a doctor tells me something that's not necessarily true <laughs> um <clears throat> it took me many years of doctors shoving numerous drugs down my throat to realize like the only one that's probably going to find out what's going to work for me is me. <laughs> and yeah. it just happened to be the most natural and most accessible, <laughs> the most accessible thing I've been doing this whole time. I mean, I've been smoking cannabis my entire life and, you know, and taking, taking psychedelics. And that's all I really needed back the the psychedelics, bring them back into my life. Yeah, and it's they've been illegal for so long. <clears throat> right, and that's the thing. Like, that's... So, like so many times, like I've like I can't tell you like how many times like I was sitting in a jail cell or like sitting in county jail, like just wishing like I had access to these medicines, like uh, like psilocybin, you know, or or LSD, like not being able to find these sources like kept me addicted and be kept kept me being a, a criminal for years and every like I, i'm when i say like not a day would go by like almost not a day would go by where i would think i wish i could get my hands on these substances and but the, no one wants to take the chance of manufacturing them yourselves like you know like like shit if if a cop came into my door right now, like I would probably get like twenty fucking years. Really? <laughs> like for you? Know, like, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and that, and, and no one wants that kind of penalty hanging over their head, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, out in Denver, Colorado, um, there's I don't know if you heard about the case uh, about that kid. Uh, I think it was Vice or um, I forget what. There are a couple different news outlets did uh, a story on him. Um, and he, uh, like about him growing mushrooms out in Colorado and, uh, I guess the news outlets didn't do a good enough job, like protecting his identity. And somehow the FBI figured out who he was and raided his house <laughs> and he's facing over 20 years in, in prison now. Jesus. Yeah. Cause he had like, he, he, they, they even counted living like live mushrooms separate from the drop. Like, that was, like, a whole different, like, it was, like, a whole different thing. And that's supposed to be, and that's supposed to be an area where mushrooms are decriminalized. 
Yeah, that's where I mean, the whole and that's where legalization. Go. And that's where like legalization and decriminalization, like that's that's a such a big difference and people don't realize yeah. like, what the difference is between decriminalization and legalization. Like they think because of like, oh, there's finally decriminalization, like it's a free for all. No, it just means like you better just get caught with like a personal use amount, dude. <laughs> well you're still going to fucking prison. Yeah. It's just they're not looking for it as much. It's just kind of right. put to the bottom of their list, which yeah. is still on their list, sadly. Exactly. And the thing is, is, like, I know personally, like, there are so many cops that do not like what's going on that they are ramping up, like, their arrests. When you, when you even have the DA and the mayor and everybody saying not to. But, yeah, well, you, once it became, but, but once weed became legal here, fuck, you should have seen the amount of arrests that were happening and, like, the amount of uh, people there pulling over and, like, giving them DUIs for smoking weed in their cars and shit. Like, it was crazy. It's just, like, yeah. they all of a sudden had roadside stops everywhere. Entrances to cities just on the side of highways. It was like, what in the world? It just got worse. <laughs> Literally just got worse. Like here in Pennsylvania, it's so ass backwards that um, I will never show a police officer my medical card if I get pulled over. I have a better I have a better chance of getting out with less issue telling him that my what I have in my possession is black market than showing him my medical card because uh, if I prove I'm a medical patient, then he has a right to assume that I'm under the influence of my medication and give me a DUI right there. Oh. Wow. So, right. So, but if I, if I tell him it's black market, I get a $25 ticket. So I avoid the $10,000 that the judge is going to hit me for the DUI and all the court fees, car insurance, going to jail, bail. Losing like, your license. Losing my license, yeah. uh, Well, no, I don't think the first penalty I lose my license, but I might as well because I'm not going to be able to afford that insurance after a DUI every month. Um, and so there's been so many cases here where, um, people will show the the officer their medical card, and uh, the officer will take them to the hospital, and you can't refuse a blood test. like you can't refuse uh to go to the hospital here in Pennsylvania where it's automatic, like you're guilty DUI. Um and with cannabis, you know, it's literally impossible to prove that I haven't consumed in the last two hours, you know, or four hours. That shit's in my system for the next fucking two months, bro. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, so and this is where it's a huge gray area and where and the cops know it. So when they when you show them your card, they'll straight like take you to a hospital and then boom, you get hit hit with the DUI. You got THC in your system and I and I can't prove I wasn't intoxicated, even though they can't prove I was intoxicated, I can't prove I wasn't. Yeah. It's like they're trying to make the most of this like gray area before it becomes like legal. And they're just trying right. to like make as much money off of just these stupid little and, loopholes. And it's and disgusting. And it's and gross. It's disgusting. Like, in what world is it better for me to act like 
<laughs> like, I don't even have my medical card, and I here I'll take the black market charge, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and that's sad for like the maybe the old lady that gets pulled over or something, you know, and like, yeah, why do we even have to go through that? Like, it's just brutal. It is. It and, is. Sad. But you can go out drinking <laughs> any night of the week. I don't know. Like, we gotta revamp the system. It's kind of, it's off, a little skewed here. <laughs> yeah, and and it's just sad because like, um, psychedelic research, and I'm just making broad statements here, like. <laughs> Had sayings like psychedelic research, and I'm like mm-hmm. talking all across the table. Like has been suppressed for so long, and now I just think, you know, like the the bag's been ripped open, and all we have to look forward to here is up now. I feel like mm-hmm. like you can't deny evidence in this day and age. Um, well, I mean, I guess you can. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I guess I I shouldn't say that because <laughs> I don't know how how a government a government can at the same time federally say something's not medical value but at the same time that same government statewide gets essential <laughs> medical value so <laughs> i'm not so i'm not going to say that evidence can't be denied in this day and age because i guess the government could just turn their head at whatever they want but when the proof is there, like you can only ignore it for so long, which is how cannabis is like busting down these states' doors, you know? Yeah. One they're o- I think they're only able to keep it secret because people didn't have open platforms to actually talk about it like we do now. You know, we have Facebook right. and we have groups of thirty, forty, a hundred, two hundred thousand people in them. All exactly sharing stories of how it's been a good experience. Like it's gonna exactly. get out. I just I just joined this app. It's on uh, iPhone and Android. It's called uh, DMT World, and oh, yeah, it's a plat it's a platform just straight of people you know t- talking about their psychedelic experiences, and it's awesome. Like like I wouldn't have like Shroomery was like the psychedelic platform for so long, <laughs> like and you only but really that was knew just about website, Shroomery. Yeah. Right, yeah, like it's just a website, like where people talk about like mushroom or LSD cultivation or, or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. that's that's as far as it as it went, you know, or that or in like the Silk Road. <laughs> but uh, now you got people talking about it on numerous platforms, and like there's a platform specifically for it, and now the psychiatry field is is realized like like now all the Ronald Reagan uh followers, the uh propaganda believers, they're they're all dying off. <laughs> like they yeah. are. They're 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 slowly dying off and the next generation is here and we're like the generation that realizes like the benefits that these just that that these things can hold are finally just rising up and speaking out and now we just got to get the the rest of them we have to dose the water <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i always think like i was always i always have um a saying like i always felt like 
in order to be the president of the United States, uh, you should have had to at least dose LSD once. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or like, ayahuasca. If you wanna, it, yeah, like if you want to rule the country, like you should have to at least have some kind of psychedelic experience. <laughs> Yeah, once you, or twice in your life, you have to experience like, being one with the universe at least once. Right, like what happened to that? Like back in the like, how did we lose our way? Like that's how they used to uh, see who led the tribes back in the Native American day. Whoever tripped the fucking hardest <laughs> was the chief of the tribe. Like that's not even a joke. <laughs> like that's literally not even a joke. That's the world I want to live in. <laughs> that right, like Native Americans had a right. <laughs> But really, like, if you do get to those high levels and come back, like, you have a philosophy about yourself, you know? Like, you care about everybody. It's not like you have, like, these motives to only, I don't know, to have war and stuff. Like, you don't care about that. War seems pointless when you're tripping. And it is. It's just, like, I don't know, clash of ideals. But why? Why can't you just integrate both and build up? I don't know. (laughs) um what kind of lsd experiences do you have um i mean just dude i don't know i don't know how to make my experiences any any special than anyone else's experiences on lsd is just um i i like lsd but i don't like it as much as i would say like mushrooms like like mushrooms is where it's really at for me. Okay. Um, but I've taken. Uh, uh, sorry, I had to check. I had taken plenty of tabs in my time. Um, it's just not a preference. Uh, for some reason, like, and I don't know if it's just my body or what, because like a lot of people say, like they have these spiritual experiences on LSD and like this oneness and like they they find like their spirituality and and that's one thing i've always struggled with is um is my spirituality uh like i know i'm a spirit yeah like i know i'm a i know i'm a spiritual person you know um like i know there's like higher powers than myself like (laughs) not just one but like many different higher powers than myself but like i just don't know exactly like what my beliefs are like fully you know like like what i firmly like truly believe i think that's called Um, agnostic yeah like if you know that there's something but you're not sure what yeah it is um that is the word i look um that's what the they uh saying alcoholics anonymous we are agnostics (laughs) i remember that Uh, (laughs) but uh yeah, but but I know I'm something more than that, you know. Like I know, like I just gotta find it. And and a lot of people just like tell me like they find that on LSD, and I just haven't had that experience. Um, and obviously, like me getting clean off heroin, like that, like that's like the most like I would say like spiritual experiences I have had. You know, like it's like. It's hard to explain. <laughs> but, like, I, I, no, no, like getting off of heroin. Okay, from got the, like from psilocybin, like the psilocybin, like is what it's giving me that uh, most spiritual experience. Well, you said it basically put your soul back in your body, hey? right? That right, that's pretty spiritual to me. 
Right, and that's what I mean. Like, it's hard for me to explain, but like, that's like I just feel like I I I get those spiritual benefits from mushrooms more so than LSD. Um, okay. But a lot of my friends, like, they tell me the opposite. Like, they tell me that they feel like they get more spiritual experiences off of uh, LSD. Um, I just feel like it's my my mind frame now. Maybe like I remember back when I was a teenager, like when uh, every time I ate mushrooms i felt like i was a midget literally like i felt like my knee like i felt like my legs were cut off from like my kneecaps and like my feet were where my knees were literally like that's where my vision was set up like that's it was, so funny like my, like, I, yeah, I like had my vision yeah like my vision would literally be like i had like a waist and feet like no legs like and it's so weird and it felt so real every time like and that's and that's the crazy thing about the mind. Like the mind can make you think like the most unreal thing is so real, or it is real. <laughs> you know, like yeah. what? Yeah, I, I felt that same sort of like feeling sh- really short. I was taking a shower, just like for my come up for, uh, on acid, and like I sort of looked down, and it looked like like the edges of the tub were like right up near my hips. It's like yeah. oh, what's happening? Like I just felt really short, and the tub just felt really like deep. It was like weird. <laughs> it felt yeah, and that weird. exact same thing like used to happen to me every single time, flawlessly, if I ate mushrooms. And I haven't had that happen in a while. And then, <laughs> I think I was nervous of that happening <laughs> the last time I, uh, well, the first time I took mushrooms, like for that long gap in time, but it didn't. <laughs> But I thought that was gonna happen. That I was gonna feel like 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 I shrunk again. <laughs> but uh, I just can't imagine like what I looked like to the to another human. <laughs> what I looked like like on this sub on this substance. Like, cause I'll never forget my ex girlfriend's mom like asking me to help her with something, and I'm like tripping like on a whole nother level, and I'm in this like short like mind frame and i'm trying to like i was literally like trying to get up the deck like deck steps that are really like low to the ground you know and like there's only like three or four steps like to get onto the deck and i was reaching like i was like trying to climb a fucking mountain dude like i was and so i had to look like a total fucking space case like I was literally like reaching like my hand as high as I could in the air to like grip on the top of these steps. And like, I have to literally like be actually towering over these steps. Like there's no way, like I'm not, there's no way these steps are bigger than me. Like there's no way, but in my (laughs) vision, it's what it looks like. Like, and it's like, I just can't imagine what (laughs) I would look like doing that. Yeah. It would (laughs) have been hilarious. Another human's perspective. Yeah, or if they had like a security camera on the outside just to see you mm-hmm. coming up the steps, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, like how does it make sense that like you're looking up at the railing and sort of like up at steps and stuff? That's so. This is just yeah. weird how your mind can sort of do that, hey? Yeah, and it's it's, and that just shows like the power that these things can have, like in crazy <laughs> yeah i haven't had a really intense mushroom trip in a long time and i've done you know five grams um maybe they're just not as potent as they used to get but like i remember tripping balls off like a gram or two and uh, yeah I mean, now i, I just can't get like, that. i just feel like that's how 
uh, everything is really anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I remember like back in the day, like I could get really good MDMA, man, like, really good stuff. And now I don't even get MDMA, man. Like it's been more methamphetamine than anything. Like you don't even get majority MDMA. Like you get whatever the hell else this asshole threw in. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's what we're that stuff. Yeah, I know, and that's what sucks. Like, and that's why we need to be able to have like safe access to these medicines. Like out here in Pittsburgh, just uh, over the summer, uh, I think it was the summer it was, um, and it was so sad because it's not what happened. But the way the media twists things, um, I guess they were at a rave, and uh, the media said uh, mass suicide party, seven people dead. Um, they all got a bunch of fentanyl and did it, and they all died uh, next to each other. Like, do, do you fucking hear yourself? Like, they were out partying at all different bars. They went to a rave, and then they went back to the house. Hmm. And they bought a big bag of powder. Chances are, they either thought that was MDMA or cocaine they were doing, not a mass suicide party. Yeah. You know, you know that's like what the realistically, like, that's probably what happened. Not like some mass suicide because like these were these were college kids, you know, like these weren't like depressed like loners, you know, like yeah. so it like it, just the way that the media like and that's and that's not like that's spreading false propaganda, you know. That's that's it's just it's just as sad. Yeah, the reporters don't know what they're talking about is the big problem. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen a news article on something that you know about, but it's like rarely, you know, Accurate. close to, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was interviewed for a Pokemon Go thing when that whole thing started, because I was like streaming it. And yeah. when I read the article after, it was like, okay, sort of, like they took sort of what I said and, you know, made it fit Magnet. this whole thing. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, I guess, but it's just, I, I don't know. They're able to skew it to whatever angle they want, you know? And right. I, I just watched a video it's been going around recently of um, like this, I don't know, they call it a DMT lab or whatever. And they just busted this guy that's been making DMT and they, they um, compared it to a meth lab and like saying it's dangerous and all this. And then they, they asked like the cop what's dangerous about it. And he's like, well, and basically just said how it's made is dangerous. He didn't say anything about like the actual drug or its effects other than it being a strong hallucinogen, you know, right. it's just like, I don't know. They just make everything sound bad. Because that's yeah, the news, you know, the worse evil. it is. Sorry, what was that? They just make everything sound evil. Yeah. Try to demonize it. Yeah. Because it's really a shame that that, that guy got busted. Because, you know, like, it's, you don't know what, who, like, that guy was going to supply. Like, I, like, and I feel bad, like, for, like, the guy in Denver who's now facing a 20-year sentence, like, like damn, like you don't know how many people he could have saved with those doses that he gave out. You well, know? yeah, he's like, doing work for the greater good in my book. You know, like how many of those people that tried DMT from him, like had a spiritual awakening or you know quit some right. drugs or did whatever. It's, it's like, 
he's a dealer of good in my books. Right. And then like that's why um every time I see an article like that, I'll I'll hashtag it. I'll say healers, not dealers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And the same with I mean people that sell weed. No, yeah, you yeah, it's totally right, man. It's just I wonder like what illnesses people that smoke weed consistently would have if they didn't, you know, or, you, you know, if it helps you. Yeah. Who knows, man? <laughs> I'm, I could probably have COVID now if it wasn't for, for cannabis, you know, I've but, seen a know, few like, studies that, that say something about cannabis helping prevent. <laughs> right. That's why, I, that's why I said that. Cause I saw a few articles <laughs> that said that. And that's why I said like, you know, who knows me because I smoke weed every day. I don't have COVID, you know? Yeah. It's that layer of, <laughs> of, uh, t- cannabis tar in the lungs that, that yeah. yeah, the COVID's not able to bond. <laughs> yeah. It spruces up the immune system. Yeah. Nice Science. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any, um, like five meal DMT experiences or? I don't. I don't. I've always wanted to to try ayahuasca. Um, that that and ibogaine have been like my real me like wanting to. If I had the opportunity, like I would in a heartbeat. But like, if I had someone come up to me and tell me that they had ayahuasca, like I don't even know if I would if I would believe them. You know, like, am I really gonna (laughs) buy this ayahuasca off this dude? Like. What? Like, how do you, do you even get that, bro? Like, you're in Pennsylvania. <laughs> they, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, ayahuasca is something that I would only really do in a ceremony. You know, I, I feel like there's a a respect that has that to be paid, to, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, you're totally right. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're um, totally right. Mother one day I'd like to do that. Before. Yeah. Even with DMT, Just like purging. I said there. Purging yeah. is what gets me like, you know, really on the fence about it. Like, and it, what's confusing is that a lot of these people like say like they they purge up like all their deep dark desires and past trauma and all this dark bullshit, and they like are throwing it up like the actual trauma, and it's so refreshing as they're throwing up, but like painful at the same time like that's yeah, scary shit more that's so shit. <laughs> more so refreshing afterwards is what yeah. i hear um have you purged before no no not on not like on like ayahuasca or anything like that obviously but like <laughs> I, well, a lot of times before i roll i throw up a lot and then i roll <laughs> after does I it puke, feel, it's like it kicks in does it feel like your body is just trying to expel the MDMA or, or is it like, do you feel like um, it's getting rid of something like a bad energy maybe, or maybe a bad energy? I don't know. Um, I just feel like, like, MD, like at least, I don't know if it was the MDMA itself or like what the ecstasy could have been cut with, you know, cause like it can be cut with hundreds of things, like, especially like, the ecstasy pills back in the day and, and right. we'd get in the club. Um, and every time without flaw, I would get nauseous. Like I might not have thrown, actually thrown up, but 
majority of the time I would puke and then I would start feeling the effects like creep on like like kick in almost immediately after I would uh purge. Huh. Yeah. Like well once I felt the butterflies in my stomach, like I knew it was like starting to happen, like mm-hmm. out within the next twenty minutes, like I would be either starting to roll or I'm gonna puke and then I'm gonna really roll. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I've I've uh I've been purging a lot lately it seems like on, on acid. Um, like after my shower, I'll sort of get this knot in my stomach and then like I'll puke and it'll, it's not like when you normally puke, you know, like it, it's like really fine stuff where it's like, I don't know. It it feels like it's like pulling something from deep within you, you know, and then you, you purge and it's, I feel great afterwards. And then, but if I don't let that out, then I kind of feel like crap for most of the trip and I'm sort of like just focusing on that. But that, that purge feels awesome. And th- this one time I was on DMT on DMT, I smoked DMT and yeah, I, I just had this overwhelming, like nauseous feel, nauseous feeling. Oh, I hurt myself there. <laughs> and um, I had a pickle jar and I purged into it. And it was like a very clear liquid. It almost looked like water, but really thick. But there's like nothing in it. It was just like, looked like water. Um, yeah. But like I rolled it around and it was like just super thick. Like, it was weird. I don't know what it could be. I almost want to send it away to get tested. But <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is coming back 100% negative energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. That's dark matter right there. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, but I ta- I also talked to um uh Catherine Kelly and she did a lot of ayahuasca and purged lots and said like since she had to do like a what do they call it? dieta, like a, a strict diet before doing the ayahuasca and she said she doesn't know where the stuff came from (laughs) right just you've been dieting for weeks and all of a sudden all this stuff is coming up and coming out it's got to be something healing coming from deep within yeah man (laughs) so do you still have some dmt left are you gonna i don't have any left No? no i don't but um like I said, like my uh, the the guy I got it from, like I'm just gonna trade him a couple, uh, a little bit of mushrooms for some more. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's the free market I'm talking about. <laughs> right, and that's what it should be like, man. Like yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I said, like I don't, I don't, I, I don't make money off my mushrooms. Like just because, like I know, like if, like if there's one thing protecting me, like. It's that I've never exchanged a dollar for this shit, you know? Yeah, and that's all they're like, worried and about. It's they the, just want and it's to the tax only, money. It's the only, like, I have to stand on. I know it's not going to mean shit, <laughs> but, like... At least he's got just, that. <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. I got that. At least, I, at least they could say I wasn't... Uh, the straight, it's kind of like... I, I kind of look at it how it was, like, you know, like how they used to get people on selling weed back in the day. Like if you gave it to someone, like you you, you didn't get charged with distribution because you never accepted cash for it. You know, right. 
then you would just get arrested for the possession of it. So, yeah, I think here you're allowed to give a certain amount to like your friends and stuff, but you can't like take money for it. Yeah, but that's I don't know. I think you should. You can buy tomatoes from somebody. Shit, why can't you buy me? <laughs> No, I mean, you're right. <laughs> you're totally right. I mean, even, um, again, and there's a, a lot of time, like, a lot of people ask me to, like, I just guess I give off that vibe, you know, that, like, I know where to get psychedelic drugs. <laughs> um, I mean, it could be the fact that I wear a lot of tie dye shit <laughs> out in public, um, and a lot of trippy shit, but a lot of people will ask me to, like, cause I, like, I wear, um, like, mushroom shirts, just, like, just for the, fact that like i like my college and, like i love mushrooms mm-hmm. a lot of people ask me if like they know where i can get it and like i turn people down literally constantly like and i wish i didn't you know i wish i could be like yeah man like i got you like i could i could actually be fucking rich i feel <laughs> like <laughs> honestly uh from like what i hear like prices are going for out on the street like if i wanted to sell these mushrooms like i feel like i could be balling right now but i'm not <laughs> um, i think there'd be but, a lot of good like small businesses coming out of it if you could you know like someone like yourself yeah. who it's your passion to do it and you're not some just big company trying to make money off of you know big yield low uh, right. psilocybin like, count you know right like i wish like when it's like i could make a little at least a little bit of money so i could put into the hobby that like i'm doing that i could like be better off you know like mm-hmm. i'm so bottom level like and my shit is so janky that it's not even funny you know but like if i had a little bit of money more money to like put into it like i could make my hobby that much more better and my production like that much more but at the same time like i don't want to do that because that's so much more trouble <laughs> trouble yeah. at the same time but the thing is like it's like i don't have anybody out literally like i have like two people like there's one person that knows like what i have going on and i know and he's a old veteran that is would never <laughs> that i know i could trust like i know i could trust and uh but that's why i don't tell a lot of people that like what i have going on i mean i know this is a podcast and going out there but nobody knows like who i actually have yeah, I mean, I but, can always put up an alias or something if you don't want your name on well, there. I mean, just I mean, just my last name. It does, but you know, just not my last name. Yeah, no. Worries. You could put you could put Joey. That's fine, but just not my last name. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, and uh, I there's I really wish like I could give these people that ad like, cause they'll see me on the street and they'll be like, oh, you know, where can you get some mushrooms? And like, like man, like this dude can like really. I knew he would benefit if I could give him some like. But there's just some people I get that vibe where I'm like, if you know, if something were to happen, like God, like God forbid, or like, you know, and then he's like, oh well, this dude, you know, and then next thing you know, I got some people kicking in my door, like, yeah, for this fungus. And next thing you know, like because I tried to help someone out, like now I'm sitting in a jail cell, you know. Yeah. And I just think that's so wrong, <laughs> like for something that's like so natural. But, yeah, for sure, and. It's so beneficial, and that's the thing, and that's and that's what makes you really think, like, like all the, um, like how hard they've always made it for all these psychiatrists throughout the years, and like destroyed all their careers, like, 
why they've tried to keep this under wraps for so long. And it's because mushrooms will make you think for yourself. Like, and yeah. not even just mushrooms, like LSD, like all the psychedelics, they, they make you realize what you've learned your entire life is wrong. <laughs> you know, like what you've been taught and what you've been, what your, the government has formed your mind is completely wrong. It makes yeah. you think for yourself, and they don't want that, you know. Well, yeah, it becomes obvious that it's a it's biased, you know. Like the right. they've been they've had uh, psychedelics illegal for what fifty years or whatever, and now it's medicine. It's like whoa. you did studies back in the seventies and sixties, and like they knew about all this stuff way back when, and obviously it's been covered up. And oh, like, right. what what else has been covered up? Like, it just made me question fucking everything. And uh, like, what are, what else are you supposed to do? You know? Yeah. There, there's. I just recently started getting into uh, into reading a little bit more, like because I started reading into more about about psychedelic books. And there's one book you should really check out. It's called um the Psilocybin Project. Um, or the no, it's called a the Harvard Psilocybin Project. Okay. Um, and it goes into, uh, it has Tim Leary and uh, Ram Dass before he was Ram Dass and uh, a bunch of people that went into uh, like a Harvard grad because uh, Tim Leary taught at Harvard and he held the Psilocybin Project. Uh, it was the first uh, university uh, study that had to do with um, psilocybin and he um asked Albert Hoffman for advice and stuff and uh he um Harvard ended up uh dismissing and uh discontinuing the project because he uh was only supposed to uh have I think it was no undergrads could participate in the project and I guess like he didn't believe that and he thought everyone's participating in the project and ended up like uh you know, they ended up shutting it down because they found other uh people people were participating that shouldn't have been. And it's just feel like if there was like little things like that <laughs> like if that little like hiccup didn't happen, like what about the potential that could have happened, you know, like if they didn't yeah. shut this study down like before that almost sounds this like an excuse to me. <laughs> right, right. Like, well, and that's the thing. Like, they saw. Like, I feel like they like because it got it got deeper. Like, the FBI was involved. Like, some like, in, like in a little in a little bit. So I feel like it was like it was a lot bigger than that. And like they saw the potential that this has, and they just wanted to shut it the fuck down like right away. Because think about like all the. Um, like the cancer meds that could could they could have potentially sold, and all the psych meds and depression meds and uh, PTSD meds, and like that, we're talking billions of dollars. Yeah. We're talking billions of dollars coming out a year from the pharma- yeah, yeah a year from the pharmaceutical market, and I feel like it, that's just too much of a dollar sign for them. Like our health is not that important to them. Like they, like unfortunately, that's just the way it is. But they care about 
stocks and cash more than they care about like our sicknesses and illnesses and what we have to yeah for. like well and they, i feel the same way about like even cancer um like you know october is breast cancer breast cancer month and it brings in like millions of dollars in each friggin' city you know yeah. so it's like billion do- billions of dollars gets transferred within that month to research uh, breast cancer but what happens when a cure comes you know that that industry just is gone you know it's like no uh, that won't happen i can't see that happening because i know i i truly believe like they've i truly truly believe that the cancer has that i truly believe that like there's you probably couldn't convince me otherwise, but just I, like you're going to tell me that they developed a vaccine for COVID in <laughs> less than a year, in less than a year, and you still haven't figured a development for cancer. And yeah. it's been, you've been trying to figure it out since the beginning of time. No, I'm sorry. I'm just not like we are too far advanced of a society. For us to not have that solution. Yeah. There's no way you can, there's no, like, if I can see a dead person in a hologram, like, have a conversation with me, I, you definitely have to go for cancer, bro. Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, they've got these machines to, like, x-ray every little crevice inside your body and, like, 3D right. model it and stuff, but you can't, like, just beam it's something into that money. cancer cluster that like it's just it too much money and that's the thing like paul stamets said uh i forget which uh cancer it was it's not a psychedelic mushroom it's a different mushroom but he's even uh said himself that it's that it is the cure for cancer one of the one of the cancers yeah but mushrooms are amazing like, there's literally crazy. thousands, thousands of benefits of different kinds of mushrooms like that, that different uh, varieties of mushrooms can have, you know, like not just psychedelic mushrooms are beneficial, like um, penicillin was developed from uh, a mushroom. Yeah, and so that's many one of the biggest there. vaccines we have. And I mean, LSD technically is from a fungus too, like the yeah. ergot, ergot? Or got, yeah, yeah, it's like that grows on on rye, yeah, and like wheat and stuff. Like that's why they think a lot of the early, uh, like early Bible stories happened is because like they they were talking to God and all this and that, but really they just ate some like ergot like from the bread that they <laughs> that they ate <laughs> back back in the day day. Like that's how. That's like what a lot of uh, I've been getting like big into these like Christian theories and um, like psychedelic Christian theories lately, and like Moses um, in the burning bush. Yeah, like and how really like that was probably him just high on DMT. <laughs> yeah, it makes so much <laughs> sense though. Right, like and, and it does like and it's like like sense in the Bible are two things that never you've been able to say before in sense like in the same sentence. Like, but so, like psychedelic, like psychedelics, like it makes so much sense and more sense, I would say, uh, to these stories. Um, 
I just think it's really interesting. And it's a shame, though, that, like, a lot of, like, a lot of societies, like, disowned the fact that a lot of them got started on psychedelics. Uh, again, like a lot of them had a lot of psychedelic uh, beginnings. Like I, I post a lot, of, like, have you ever seen um, on YouTube the, uh, the, uh, like the channel it's called After School? Yeah, I love that. They always do like yeah. Alan Watt stuff and Terry McKenna stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. I love the animations. They do a really good job. Yeah, that's so cool. And, and, it's, and it's really informational. It's like really educational. And like, mm-hmm. I always share the one video of like, um, the origins of Christmas and, um, the Amanita muscaria mushroom. Yeah. And like how, how a lot of the red and white colors of Christmas like came from, um, the Amanita muscaria mushroom and, um, how you decorate a Christmas tree really um you like people used to put like Amanita muscaria mushrooms on their Christmas tree and like that's how like decorations like originated on really? like putting on the Christmas tree yeah like it's they have a like a little bit like a 15 minute video about uh about you should look it up like just go on there on the after school channel and like it's right on there it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> I learned so much from the after school channel it's like not even funny yeah, I like their stuff. I like their uh, Graham Hancock stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just recently, uh, I'm sure you probably saw that that interview with him and uh, Joe Rogan, right? Uh, was, I've I've listened to a couple. I don't know if there is there a recent one. It, uh, yeah, it was probably like it was probably like a month ago by now. Oh, okay. It was it was recent. It was like maybe three or four weeks ago at this point. It was like a double interview. It was him and uh shit. I forget his uh, <laughs> his name. Um but he's a he's been doing uh a lot of uh, early religion and psychedelic connection. He just like wrote a, a whole entire book about early religions and psychedelics. Uh I wish I for, I could remember his name, but I really can't no worries. but yeah, but if you if you Google Joe Rogan and Graham Hancock, like it's a, it's like him and like, oh, uh, Brian Murarusco. Oh, right here. Yeah. M, yeah, Brian M U R A R E S K U. He's the author of the book I was uh, referring to. It's like uh, they talk about it in the podcast. Uh, Joe Rogan, Brian, and Graham Hancock. They talk about like his book that he just put out. I don't remember the title, but it's really seems really interesting, and I I think I'm gonna order it as a Christmas. <laughs> You're gonna order the book? I think I'm gonna order the book as a Christmas gift to my brother. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I just because like recently, like, it's been really intriguing me, like the uh, psychedelics and early religion uh, theories that have been like put together, and that's apparently what this whole book is about. I just, yeah. I just really like to be like, mm, that makes sense. Like, cause a lot of it, <laughs> a lot of these stories, I'm like, there's no, like, this is ridiculous. And for some of the most ridiculous statements and things I've read, like I grew up Catholic. Um, yeah, I went to church every Sunday. I hated it my entire life <laughs> since I can remember, but it was bad. Like my one grandmom, she used to make me go to the uh, Latin mass first and then 
the English speaking mass afterwards. Like it was literally a nightmare for me. Latin, and I assume you didn't know Latin. No, I don't know Latin. I don't know one so word. So it's just Latin. like this. And that, and that mass was like, like cells on you with this right. black magic. <laughs> right, and and that mass was at five a.m. So. Oh, I would basically, yeah, it started at 5, and then that one ended at, like, 7, and then the English one started at, like, 8. It was to, like, noon. It was horror, but it was a horror. But I did it for my grandma. Um, so she wouldn't go by herself. Okay. But uh, but I always thought it was just the biggest crock. Like, <laughs> but for me to say, like, that makes sense is... I never would say that, you know, and for me to be able to say that after like reading some of these, it's like, wow, like that's just, that's just interesting to me, you know, it's like really attention grabbing. So before, like, would you say that before you didn't believe it at all, but now you can sort of see truth behind it or um, that's sort of where see, I'm at. I can see where they would see that they were talking to God. You know, I right. could see where they would mistake a psychedelic trip as in communications with God, you know, but mm. especially so if you don't me, know you're taking like, right. So exactly, exactly. If you don't know what you're investing, like you, like, why wouldn't you think like you just had this holy, this holy moment, this like, but really you just, you just tripped your balls off. <laughs> you know, like, like is so I could see how it would be mistaken, but like really it just makes me put more ration to these things and not believe if anything, you know, because okay. like now I'm making sense to it. Like now you're, now you're worshiping these holy moments, these most holy moments of, of human history to people trip, you yeah. know, like it, just people mistaking these holy ordeals to just like, an innocent trip you know I, yeah i more so meant like um <clears throat> like truth as in uh you know maybe this guy did have a spiritual you know experience whether or not he actually talked to god or was um tripping but um then you know he told his story and then they made a religion about it and then you know the human i guess aspect corrupted it and you know, oh, we need followers, and so you know, you abuse the power, but there's still like a little bit of truth. Like that's where I sort of sit. Is I, I think that there's a little bit of truth within each religion. I think that like you know, maybe yeah. these figures did have some sort of experience, but like you said, it, it could have just been a a psychedelic experience. But for me, like I've had these spiritual experiences that. I don't know. I can sort of right. see where they might be coming from, you know, right. but yeah. I can see that like, they've obviously been corrupted and yeah. siphoning money. Like <laughs> God right. wouldn't want that. Are you kidding me? Right. Exactly. And that's the thing, like, you know, like maybe they did know, you know, that it was a psychedelic trip and just throughout time, like, like just in so many other ways, how like, like Greeks, like, altered history so so they they could have everything their way then you know it was just one of those things that got lost in along with that 
Yeah, because like all all the religions seem to have the same like golden rule, right? Treat right. others how you want to be treated, and like right. however they want to say it in that religion. But that yeah. seems to be like the golden rule, right? Like, and that right. heaven like is, is within you as well. Seems to yeah. be, you know. But then it's all I don't know. Like, you have to come to church to find heaven, or find Jesus, or find God. But you can also maybe meditate to find them, you know. Or, you know, take a psychedelic drug and even talk to a higher level of yourself. I don't know. Like, who knows what has been lost in translation over the years? The Bible. Like, I'm, I want to read the Bible just to see what I get out of it because I've never read it. But see if I can, I don't know, get a little knowledge out of it without, you know, turn, turning evangelic or whatever. Uh. I tend to, when I read the book, I can't read it. Like, uh, I'm not saying like, I, like, cause I'm not dumb by any means, but like when <laughs> I, when I read it, like, it's almost like the words don't make sense when I try to put them together. You know, it's almost like I'm just reading a bunch of words. Like, it's like I can't, it's like the information doesn't like, it, I guess it's just like the way that it's written, you know, because like, Maybe just like in the tongue that it's spoken, you know, right. maybe. Uh, but it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> and I just, like, my sister, she is a full blown, like, believer in the Catholic religion, like, to the core. And, like, I love her to death. Like, I love, like, I would take a bullet for her. Um, <laughs> but, like, she'll, recite things of the bible to me and sometimes like it just like gets under it's <laughs> under my skin like it just like gets under my skin a little bit like so i just i like she'll recite uh sections of the bible and i'll just like my skin cringe cringe a little bit you know what i mean and then and, and i'm happy for her that she has that faith you know like she has that <clears throat> like that blind faith like she truly believes like what that bible preaches and good for her you know like i'm I, like i wish i had faith like that you know but you know i i have faith that i will find it one day you know like i have faith that i'll find like what what really this what makes this universe turn you know yeah in its own time and in the time it's supposed to be and she wants to believe like there's one true almighty God who created literally everything, then, then she's welcome to that. You know, that's one of our rights as a human. Mm -hmm. but, and uh, it takes people coming up with these ideas and then like actually believing in them to, you know, get the ball turning on us, actually figuring out what the hell's going on. You know, cause like, I don't know, that's all we really have to go off of is just like ideas. It's not like, a god has ever said oh yeah you're right <laughs> you know right this guy's right right and then we're taking these ideas from thousands of years ago that have literally just been like passed down and like you can't you can't get out of the same you can put a line of people in the same room and you won't be able to get in that room you won't be able to leave that room with saying the same story that started mm -hmm. from the first guy you know, so if a cha if a story changes that much just within one room, how much do you think a story will change by the time in two thousand years from now? Mm -hmm. 
with a structure of power, you know, with a structure of power, right? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, just think of it like that. Because <laughs> it's been rewritten how many times? It's been right and know, retranslated. Translated. And, right, and that's how uh, the original um, recipe got got lost for Jesus's anointing oil. They didn't know, like they uh, didn't know that uh, the mistranslation was actually cannabosum, which is cannabis. So I think it was. Now, now I don't know if it's the exact measurements. Like, like, so don't pasteurize me if I'm wrong here. But <laughs> I think like it was ridiculous, dude. Like this was a ridiculous tincture. When I tell you, like. A drop would probably put me on my fucking ass. Like, no wonder why they thought Jesus was a fucking holy man. Like, like you know, they wonder why they thought he was the Christ son. Because, like, if any, if he dosed anybody, like, and he dosed people on the skin too. Like, it's not even, which takes takes a lot of time. But I think it was like, man, I don't know. On Facebook, I'm gonna message you what the recipe was, but it was something like a pound of cannabosum, like a pound of cannabis or something like that, or like. Yeah. Two pounds, like in this one tincture, in this one vial, like one vial. <laughs> like, think about how much weed that is in one vial. Like, no wonder why, like, people thought he was like he had these healing powers because he'd go around to somebody who's seizing out, having a seizure, some poor epileptic, like, and they don't know about epilepsy at this time, and then he dashes some some strong ass fucking cannabis oil on him like he's gonna stop season so they think this dude isn't possessed anymore you know like, yeah we see videos of it today with like right, exactly CBD and like and, and back in the day that would be they would think like I was somebody suffering from possession yeah and <laughs> uh I think I forget how they uh forget where I learned this from but uh how they what they said the mistranslation was but like it was uh I forget what the what the plant was that they had in place of cannabis, um, but it was some really worthless plant, um, and they set it in value of shekels, not even like the, an amount of plant. So, to to evaluate the amount of cannabis it truly was would be whatever the street value was for shekels for cannabis back in. <laughs> fucking Christ time so like so it's like kind of hard to like know the exact measurements but so it's like a rough estimate but like yeah they were estimating it to be like some ridiculous amount of cannabis because like the they said it didn't make sense for uh the amount of shekel price for the plant that they had to be in translation you know they're like that literally makes zero sense because the plant literally that they had like grew on the side of the like it had no money value whatsoever like whatsoever so it didn't make sense for there to be of money value on this plant in the recipe you know yeah that's weird right so that's how originally like that's what originally caught their attention like this recipe doesn't make sense how did they do recipes back then like they wouldn't have a scale so like, is it, would it be, like, an amount, I guess, hey, like, a... a well, that's what I said, like, that's why scoop? I think that's, well, I think that's why they have been shekels worth, you know? Like, yeah. like, $50 worth of 
shit, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that, I mean, that's my guess. But as that goes back to, like, just trying to make sense of all these stories that happened so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing, like, who knows what were, you know, kind of fairy tales and what were actual stories that they're telling. Right. Um, I'm more so talking about like way back in the day, you know. Yeah. Of, um, you know, whatever religion or mythology or like in Egypt with the writings on the walls and stuff. Like, who knows what they were talking about or how serious they were, or if it was just art or you know, like what it was. Because we don't write things on the walls, so that if anything happens, then you know, you know our story, do we? <laughs> I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Maybe we should. But oh yeah, like how are you supposed to translate all this stuff and then like know exactly what they mean? You know, because they get retranslated all the time. And right. You know, history isn't what we were taught in high school. No, and, and it's not. And, and that's another thing. It's like, so how do you know what? You know, it's like, so what we were taught our whole lives is actually raw. Yeah. So it's like, what do you even believe? You know, it's like, that's where, like, why I'm having so much trouble right now. Just, you know, trusting, and, you know, believing right, numbers. Like you're and just, believing you're just lied to your entire life. Like, you, everything you've known is, it's just like Terrence McKenna said. It's like, that's why psychedelics are illegal. It's because it makes you realize everything you've been taught your entire life is a lie. Mm hmm. But yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's a it's a maze we're running here. Yeah, figure out everything, see what like is propaganda and what's like truth and what's trying to be sold to you. Ugh. Just tell me the truth. Don't lie to me. I don't want to think. Right? <laughs> they just want to do whatever makes them another dollar. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing. It's like. So here's the new interpretation. Only twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best selling book of all time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I hate to cut this short, but I gotta wrap this up. I gotta keep going. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Um yeah. I was really excited about talking with you. I feel like we get along really well and vibe good and yeah, this I thought this was a good talk. Yeah, man, it was great. Um, I just regret, you know, I had to cut it short. Uh, but I got some errands I got to run before the stores close. Uh, yeah, no problem. Um, if you ever want to do another one, just let me know. I'm always down to try to find time. It's a little bit of a <laughs> struggle sometimes, but yeah, man, it's it's cool. Whenever you, uh, you want another guest, if you have a hard time finding guests, just let me know. I'll be more than happy to come on talk crazy <laughs> or talk sense however you yeah, want to look man. at it <laughs> yeah I, I appreciate it and i appreciate you telling your story and like uh, telling people about your um heroin and stuff like i know that's not hard or that's hard to talk about probably so um yeah it's awesome that mushrooms got you out of that man that's that's great well one thing i forgot to that i feel like i should mention like uh that all started because of uh like a sports injury that's it. Like a doctor prescribing me uh, pills and then get oh, me so really? addicted. Yeah, get me so addicted to the pills that 
he just cut me cold turkey one day and I was so, so sick <laughs> that I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and that's how it became a heroin addict. Fuck, that's rough, man. It's not even that, like I wanted to, you know. Like, yeah, like, I was like, I wonder what this is like. It looks like uh, that's pretty common. Maybe not like to the effect of heroin, but like to get hooked on just pain meds and stuff like that. Like I, one of my friends was yeah. hooked on it too. Yeah, it took him a lot to get off. Not not heroin, right. but like you know, pain meds and stuff. Yeah, car so. And that's the thing, like, like withdrawal, like, at like experiencing that for the first time, I was like so confused, like I didn't know what the hell happened, like I just, then it just got to just wanting to feel normal, and then it got to this is like it was just like, and that's the thing, like, and that's why like my trust of doctors is so broken because, you know, like I thought you were like a, a normal doctor, like now I, I think it's it's the law that they have to tell you about, uh. The, the risks of opiate addiction and withdrawal, but that was not the case back then, you know? Yeah. Um, so if I would have known, if, if I would have known, like, even what withdrawal even was, like, I probably wouldn't have even accepted the medication to begin with. Yeah, but, like, depending what age you're at, too, and if you can really, like, comprehend that. You know, like kids are die or kids are prescribed shit at pretty young ages. Like, you you're not really capable of really knowing what what you're being given and what the what the effects are long term. Like, you're a kid. Yeah. This doctor just yeah, that's rough, man. But yeah, good on you for getting off of it and staying clean and shit. Good on you, man. Yeah. I got cannabis to thank for that. That's what gets me <laughs> through the daily. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've like I've and that's the thing. That's what's so crazy about heroin, man. Like, it has destroyed my life. It's made me homeless. It's made me lose custody of my child. It's made me. It's destroyed my life, literally. And still to this day, there's days where I'm like, "Well, I could like a new one, new new," and then like I'll go and I'll smoke a bowl and that thought literally go away so quick it's not even funny but if i don't smoke a bowl or in or ingest some cannabis like that thought will stay with me and the longer i think about it the better chance i have of relapsing you know right and that's what's crazy about like cannabis and that's why it's used for opiate addicts because like we'll start craving and then like We'll smoke and then next thing you know, like we don't want to go use anymore. Yeah. But there's some but there's some addicts where like it makes them want to use even more, which is weird, but like which is which which is what's rough for an addict, like seeing if cannabis is right for you or not, because it's kinda like you're gambling with your sobriety. Yeah. But Well, I mean that's me. we're kind of in that testing period because it's been illegal for so long. Yeah. Right. So like as rough it is as it is we have to figure out what causes or like what you know causes people to stray away from using drugs after or when they use cannabis or what like you know drives them to use it when they smoke like there's we just have to see i don't know do studies and stuff to see what group of people it makes go back to that right yeah. trial and error i guess until then 
Until then. <laughs> All right, brother. All right. Thanks a lot, man. This is awesome. All right. Have you a good, good day. One. Yeah. You All right. too. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Joey. If you did, subscribe to the show and check out all the conversations with the awesome guests we've had in the past. If you have anything you'd like to share on the show, email me at twotemplespodcast at gmail.com or send a message on Facebook or Instagram. The best way to support Two Temples is by sharing the show with friends and on social media. Thanks, Joey, for sharing, and thank you for listening. Ciao for now.